official podcast of SoCo. This is a platform for our community of creators, indie workers, and entrepreneurs. On with the show. Everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, I am excited. I have my friend Sherard Shakis Duval. I got all the names down with me today. Uh, he is a founder, executive producer of OTR Media Group, among other things. I'm going to let him talk about a lot of that, but um, if you know him, you love him. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> love you, Gene. Well, what I've got him here for, and I'm hoping we can wind up doing more of these as we go, is uh, Sherard can speak to this more than I can, but he is, what's, what's the best word in terms of your work for digital literacy? You are a... So purveyor of digital literacy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you would either call it a media literacy uh, educator, awesome trainer, um, advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my pet peeves about literacy is all of the different. They, it's, they have too many terms, right? You know, you, just, you mentioned digital literacy. There's information literacy. There's media literacy. literacy. Media literacy, which is the, the <clears throat> kind of the umbrella. It's one of my beasts with the <laughs> the kind of the way we do business. I think we're yeah. confusing people, you know. So, but yeah, that's what I do. So one of the things, that, that, yeah. and and the reason for that is that there is so much ridiculous, probably a good term, ridiculous things that we pick up off the internet. We don't know what to do with. We don't know what we don't know what information is correct. What information is wrong? We don't understand who's saying it, why they're saying it. Um, so what what are some of the things you do? And that, that's why you're here, right? right? Because I want to I want to use that. I want to get you on here. I want to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into them, how they affect us in business, how they affect us in life. Yeah. Um it's important. So you mean as far as media literacy? Yeah, what do you do? What what are so, the things that you do? So there's a couple of things that we do over at OTR. Um one of the things we do is uh we write curriculum. Um media literacy based curriculum. That's normally K through 12 work. Um, we usually do that with school, school districts. Um, we also train teachers. Uh, we do that a lot of times, sometimes on our own, sometimes in partnership with Russian School District 1 or some other school district or mm. South Carolina ETV. They have this wonderful uh, umbrella called knowitall.org. And uh, Stephanie Frazier and Solange Broman over there will bring us in to teach um, educators about media literacy. Um, sometimes we do workshops. Um, sometimes I just teach it, right? Um, right at a college or university or something yeah. like that. Um, so that's kind of, and, and then sometimes it's consulting. You know, a company or an organization. Or that's cool. We did a lot of that in twenty twenty, uh, particularly early in twenty twenty, <laughs> March and April. Well, around the time we talked the first time. Well, there you go. Because um, a lot of companies were having you know um, personnel issues when it came to mm-hmm. disinformation and misinformation mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And so, so yeah, that's kind that kind of mm-hmm. runs the gamut of the work we do around media literacy. Yeah. So give me an example of that. So. I mean, my brain, I'm I'm just envisioning a company. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really matter what size, I guess. But, like, I mean, you. we're talking about COVID. Mm-hmm. I hate using that word, but <laughs> it's real. It's real. You've got some people that think one thing. You know, they're thinking, like, the the you know, the shot's bad. They call it get the jab or whatever. Like, it's a whole <laughs> thing. And then you've got yeah, some yeah. people that are like, I'm not coming there until everyone is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, and you. I guess the bigger the company, the more balance you have to find right so well, is that sort of the area you're playing in for so i mean it's complicated right you yeah know, so so let's just take the example of me working with organizations in yeah. the pandemic there you, you go. know organization would call and say hey you know we're having some issues with middle management and employees about um mass mandates and this was before you know a lot of the when people were trying to figure out how to come back right <laughs> yeah because some people were, because I think we were locked down for all of March, and then in April, people were trying to see how they can get back in the office. Some people did not want to wear masks. Some people were wearing masks, and then a lot of employees were given, you know, some type of—I um, don't want to use the word excuse, but a reason for why they didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable. And and uh, a lot yep. of those reasons will be based on what they saw on the internet or on Facebook. That's right. And uh, <clears throat> so it was causing like personnel issues 
between people having problems with people at work going to HR and saying, hey, this person is forcing me to do this. And <laughs> so it was this really new territory yeah. for, for a lot of folks. And they were trying to figure out, you know, these conversations that were happening or conversations between employees and how do we navigate that. And so um, we stepped in to help companies and particularly it would mostly be like CEOs or like uh, managers of departments or like the president of organization or executive directors try to figure out how do I talk to people about this? How do I work through this? Mm. And then in most cases, them themselves were like, just what the hell is going on? You know, <laughs> like what the hell is going on? Man? Help like me. I, I, I want to talk to the, my people and we're having this issue at our office, but I don't even know what the hell is going on. Right. And uh, yeah, who do what's, I listen what's, to? what's real? You know, how do I find out? How do I, I remember this one guy, how do I get the best information to dis- distribute to my staff? That's what I want to know. Can you tell me where can I go? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I let them know that the answer is just not that simple. Um, but when you are trying to get good information on anything, I don't care what it is, mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, what headphones to get, uh, you want to go to whatever the expert is, right? Usually. So, right. <laughs> so there's uh, um if you're dealing with a healthcare issue, you want to listen to the health experts, and then you want to listen to the health experts. Excuse me. That are that represent um, companies that are and organizations that are. Um, what's the term that we use? I'm losing it right now, but that are um, verifiable. Mm-hmm. Right? They're verified. The work that they've been doing over the right. years. Uh, various peers have reviewed their work and said this person is legit at what they do. That is no different than any organization, right? You, you have the same thing with mechanics, food, the food industry, um, the the certainly the film industry. Like, well, now if you go into people like people that are like the vir- the verifiable people, yeah, that and like, you go into a, a mechanic or a doctor's office, they usually have. They're gonna a have nice those, little right. They have those stickers like, on. The I am wall. an approved BMW I'm, mechanic, I'm approved, like whatever. And then there's an authorized. They have an authorized dealer yeah. sticker. But then when you go to the website, you see all those logos yeah. at the bottom, and then you know you go to the, their parent company and they're listed right. there. That's how you know they're verified. Right, it's verified, which is originally what the blue check was all about. Right, right. That this person is who they say they are. That's true. Yep. Um, and so that that's really the work that you have to do, and that's a new thing when it comes to media right right this is and this is where the problem lies and this is why i'm always an advocate of media literacy gene is we human beings are not used to doing that with media that's not how we were trained we're used to doing that with print media Mm. right you know if you read an article you know who wrote the article you know the author of the article you know who they wrote it for. They'll even right. usually put the date, right? Right. Um, and that practice, um, for a while, was kept in the blog world, right? You had to have the name of the author, you had to have the date, right? Where it was published and when. Mm-hmm. But then that got the blog world got murky because then you could just put, you know, Warrior Wait. Mind X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it's that close. a real person? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, <laughs> is the website real? And so, right. but so that that system of being able to verify where your information was coming from got murky in the mm. media world because we've humanity has always treated the media world as something that is um, one way. Mm-hmm. We never treated it as two way communication, right? Yeah. Like print media, print media. We always definitely treat it one as, way. Right. You're talking to me, right? But then I can talk to you at the end of every article. You would have a little, you know, if you want to email this right. reporter, if you yeah, have yeah. something you want to say to us, right? Yeah. But in the world of, you know, media in terms of mass media, um, specifically media that is in the audio or video realm mm. that didn't exist. Right. You listen to the oh, radio. Yeah. You, you mean you don't even know if that's the real DJ's name. They definitely right. are not giving out the information on air to say, hey, you know, email me after the set. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you know, no, no, no. To ask me about what I'm talking about. You know, no, it's most, one most way. of those stations are just playlists anyway. Playlists yeah. one way. Same way with TV. You yep. receive the news. Right. You receive your TV shows. It, it was not a one way. And literacy was always built to be two ways. Right. Mm. The very definition of literacy is learning how to read and write. You know what I mean? So reading and writing. It's a two way street. Right. Like I can write something that you can read, 
and then you can read it or you can write something and I can read it. It's right. a, it's a, right. it wasn't this one way street. And then when you get, when you, I mean, just the simple fact is when you got down to that one way street, it ruined everything. So now mm. we created an entire ecosystem built, built on that philosophy, which is the world of screens that we live in now. Yep. Watches, phones, screens at the gas station. They're everywhere. Right. I definitely feel like I spend my day going from, one screen, to to, it's like screen. I go from small to smaller to smaller screens. Smaller, right? <laughs> and um, what happened is everyone said, oh, well, let's just get all information from screens now. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a one-way street. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you could verify something was completely taken out of the equation. So now... Yeah, how do you verify something in real time? How do you, I mean, you can, right? But who... Is the 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 way that we consume media is not designed for that. Right. The way that we consume media is designed for us to eat. Right. Right. That Just makes keep sense. eating. Makes you know, sense. Keep feeding the beast. You know, you're scrolling. You know, right. You're watching, and most times <laughs> when you're having conversations about media with people, what do they say? Hey, have you seen this? Check this out. Yeah. Let me forward this to you. Right. I'm gonna send you this. Right. Yep. It's yep. never like um, very rarely. I can actually count. I bet you could too on how, in your hand how many times someone said, "Hey man, I saw this online. You got some time to have a conversation?" Uh, you? <laughs> we did that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was right? it. That that it yeah. rarely happens. And so you got to think back to let's go back to print media, right? So we talked about the printing press and how that I wanted I was going to ask you if you tell we'll, me that we'll story get again. We'll get to that later, but what what made Print media, so conversational back then, you remember it was really big to have cafes and get-togethers where you talked about yeah, right. things. It wasn't, to do like that. A, it wasn't like, a, hey, did you read this? Back and in pew, the 90s. You know, or, let yeah. me drop this in your box and then I'm gone. It was more like, hey, let's meet at the bar at 6 and let's talk about this thing that we saw yeah. in the paper. Is Thomas yeah. Jefferson hermaphrodite? What That's right. We used, about? To, <laughs> <You know? laughs> we used to talk about some goofy shit back yeah. then. Yeah. So, uh, it was so fun. It was fun, but that stopped in the world of speed and consumption. Mm. And so, you know, um, I don't want to miss that point. You you were like, yo, what about uh, verifying? You can still verify information. It just takes time. Right. And the media, the way that the media screen-based systems work now is not designed for you to waste. Or rather, let me not say waste. Not designed for you to take your time. Right. It's designed yeah, I mean, for you to keep eating. Yeah, because you're checking it in between red lights. Yeah, in between red lights. Which <laughs> you shouldn't you do. Know, <laughs> people do it <laughs> oh, God. At, at work when they're on the phone. Yeah, you're you like know? talking and looking. And your mom is like, did you hear what I well, said? And you're like, what, mom? Yeah, let's oh, talk sorry, about I that. Looking at, uh, what? I'll tell you, I was watching that Z's and Sorry special. He was like, no, I was looking at 10 cool things that Rick James did or something. Like that was that. A, too short. I need, I need another short. 30 minutes on that yeah, one. It's um, really good, though. So you, you do some consulting with businesses. Is that something yeah. that's come up where they're like worried, maybe a manager or a business owner worried yes. about people wasting time? On online? Or not focused. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm maybe not, not sure. And the reason why I'm not sure is because that that part of the world, we don't really play. We don't play in that same. I got you. We got play you. more in the, yeah. hey, we got a manager that's sending yeah. out these emails <laughs> about COVID. Um, can you come yeah. and talk with us about what yeah. we, should, we don't want to tell yeah. him that he's wrong and he's very adamant right. about his stance, but he leads a department of 12 people. And, yeah, and you know what I mean? It's probably not. He, do that. That's kind of where we yeah. sandbox. We play. They're going to leave and we don't want that to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what's happening. Oh, well, man, well, it's a madness gene. Well, how? It's yeah. Madness. So the COVID thing makes sense, but what about like, like political discussions, you know, like, like let's go Brandon shit and whatever. But like, I mean, any of that you've you ever consult? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, obviously, don't do that, but like, <laughs> it's not that simple. It's not that simple, but um, again, this is all. So when I talk about this kind of stuff that we do, it, it, this is all more in recent mm-hmm. with the advent, with the with the with the. Um, I don't know if advent is the right word with the with the speed and acceleration of technology mm-hmm. is kind of how the political thing kind of became a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. Because the political world got screenified. It did. Right? Because we've been having conversations about politics for centuries. Since the beginning. Right? But 
we didn't have the screen Send of the angry speed. letter. I do not like this. Right. Man. Yeah. You know, have whole conversations and debates. And but now well, you read these great books about like presidents letters to yeah, each other. Letters would take like a month to get back and forth. Like you're like, they're so smart. Well, they had a month to think about it. You had you had 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious Yo that's hilarious But it's true They had a month to think about it right? They had a month to go Oh he, I forgot I sent that letter to uh, really stewing on this. Let me see Let me see what he wrote That asshole Yep And then a lot of times You know especially guys of that stature They didn't write You know they had They had people that they dictated oh, yeah, to So they just true. walked And talked and Oh wouldn't that be great Can you talk, read that back to me How's that sound And they go You wrote nah, Scratch this word Replace it with this word But that right? is great communication Right Because mm-hmm. that That system creates an atmosphere for clear communication, which is the other problem with speed. You're absolutely right. right. It's very Mm -hmm. difficult. It's, I would venture to say it's impossible to have a clear conversation fast. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't. And it's so fast nowadays. Like, you know, one of the things that really trips me out about the social media interactions, particularly any site that has comments is, People will immediately go, that's bullshit. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, whoa. Right. Like, it's not even, I don't need, we got to come up with another word for fast. It's yeah. like, yeah. what is that? What, how, what do you call that type of speed? Like, you've know. gone from trying to figure out what Gene was saying to completely cursing him out and not even knowing, not asking a question, not knowing well, who he is, not asking like it, that. That, but that speed it encourages that type of response because everything is all emotional now. And well, here's something I'm noticing too. This is this is just this is just fun stuff. But I think I think we talked last time. You watching the book of Boba Fett? Oh yes, I'm, I just finished it. Five so, episodes, man. Well, there's seven. Okay, there's some more. We get one more. I next was week, about to say whenever you listen to this. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't know if you're paying attention to the feedback online from it. I'm not. Well, there's this whole thing where it's like two episodes in, and I mean, we could have a whole podcast on Star Wars fans, I guess, but yes. like two episodes in, people love it and they hate it. Mm-hmm. Three episodes in, they're very polarized. They love it. They hate it. Fourth episode in, they're like, oh, it's starting to make sense. Mm-hmm. Fifth episode in, they're like, this might be the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, but that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We're also, this is a sidebar, but like Netflix, we're so used to like, well, I'm going to watch Ozark. I'm going to sit down and watch all 14 episodes. Mm-hmm. Like they're dripping that out mm-hmm. and we can't handle it. Yeah. We're like, well, I can't handle this. Like that yeah. one episode is the entire thing. It's like, it's a part of seven. Like yeah. you have to be patient. You have to give it two months, watch it, con- like get your opinion and then let's talk about it. Yo, there's something in that word patience, right? <laughs> like, um patience because patience encourages processing right right yeah. i'm able to think about what and this idea in the tech world that we're kind of living in now of patience is treated as a negative thing yeah you're too slow because, yeah exactly that's too exactly slow. my point Patience means I'm slowing down. Missing slowing something. down means I'm missing something. And everyone should by now know that we're living in the world of FOMO, you know, where there's fear of missing out on anything. So I got to constantly be searching, constantly be grabbing. And when you're in that state, um, you're not able to have any real engagements. And, and I, would, I would also go as far to say there's no real learning happening either. Oh, how could there? You know what I mean? It's no uh, reflection. You know, it's funny, Gene. The more I talk about stuff like this, the more I get depressed. Like these are always, <laughs> these are always depressing conversations for me. Because I, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to. Um, I'm sorry. I gotta. Can I, let me get this out? <laughs> um, because uh, I feel like we've already lost. Maybe. You know what I mean, I thank you for your optimism. But this is coming from a. <laughs> Guy that does this kind of stuff regularly. No, I'm. I I I feel like um, we were we were talking about this the other day. You know, the the acceleration. Mm-hmm. Everything is only going to get faster. There's no way it's not going it's to. Only going to get. It's going to get more and more instant. You know, There's we, no way. We were talking about the you know blockchain. Mm-hmm. And yes. There there isn't yet. It, there will be soon, but is there isn't yet conversation about how blockchain is speeding up. Processing times because 
in order to create a blockchain, you have to have really fast computers. Mm-hmm. And we we were already developing processors and hard drives at speeds that were already blazing fast. Yep. But they weren't fast enough to create blockchain. I forgot what they call that system. It's like a it's like a um it's like a hub, right? So you can create yeah. Coins off yep. of this, yeah, but you I'm need not a blockchain expert, but but it, you need extremely fast computers mm-hmm. to be able to do that. So what started happening was people started buying whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, buildings to figure out how can we daisy chain super fast computers. That's together right. To create faster right. computers, we're so trying now, to create the fastest computer as, as inexpensively as possible, as, yeah. as inexpensively as possible, and it's driving, you know. Um, the size of computers, the speed of computers, the yep. speed of processing times of computers to insane rates. And I don't know um, if we started to feel it yet in the consumer world, but it's it's, it's, coming. it's bound to come very mm-hmm. soon. I mean, you already can get a four terabyte hard drive with incredible speed. I saw right uh, now um, for you know two hundred hundred bucks. You know, it's so, cheap, so it's gonna it's gonna multiply. I mean, I. I mm-hmm. would imagine, you know, in a year or two, you'd probably be able to get an eight to ten terabyte drive for probably about two hundred fifty bucks, you know, because the um, by the time the technology, you know, by the time it gets to the mass media, they figured out a way to make it for cheap, so they're on to the mm-hmm. next thing, and that acceleration, because that accelerate, because because we're so far behind when it comes to human adaptability to that acceleration, that's why I feel like we're already lost. This this is what we said, and this is my last little bit of this rant. You know, for every other technological advancement in human history, humans have been able to adapt to it in a relatively quick time, whether you're talking about axes, hammers, even cars, right? Um, It didn't take years and years and years to be able to adapt to something. Mm Mm-hmm. But what's happening now is technology is moving so fast, the adaptability scale. There's this beautiful book by Thomas Friedman. I think we talked about this before. Yeah, I need to read that. uh, Thank you for being late. We talked to the guy from Google X, the division that they call Moonshots, which is already wild. But uh, (laughs) And he drew this graph where he, he talked about the level of human adaptability over the years. And when it hit 2007, the line just goes up. Crazy. No, no curve. It just, just straight goes, up. It just goes <laughs> up. And and the curve is so far above humanity. I don't know how you catch up to that You're curve. Freaking me out. You know, that's why it, it, these conversations make me depressed. I'm like, how do we? How do because you know we talked about this when we had coffee. I'm already the scared of the robot wars. Because <laughs> the other thing that's involved here is money, right? That's right. Which is, oh, my God. Don't you, that's the last thing you want to do is, you know, there wasn't, I'm sure there wasn't billions of dollars in the hammer, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sure it was a lucrative business, but yeah. it wasn't like. I think they I gave think, that technology away. I don't think any of the magnets <laughs> made hammers. No. They were like, I made my, yeah. Vanderbilt did not make his yeah. fortunes off of hammers yeah. Yeah. or Thankfully, axes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just cracking skulls with hammers and <laughs> trying to make the best hammer. <laughs> You know, but it's like, how fast are people becoming mm-hmm. millionaires and billionaires off a of tech? I'm talking about in a year, six oh, months. Faster than that from NFTs and whatever the hell the right. Pooping so, out now. like, you have this combination of technology is already moving super fast, combined with oh, well, the faster I move, the faster I can get paid. Yep, it's like a. Yeah. It's like the perfect storm mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. like how do you how, how do you go stop or slow down? You don't with those two forces happening. Not now, not today. Because they're both things people love. Mm-hmm. People love speed, <laughs> right? I can order Uber. It could be here yeah. in seven minutes. I can order some food. It's in here. People love it and they want it. Who said that? Ronnie Chang. Did you see that special? Mm-mm, mm-mm. He was like, you know, I want it now. <laughs> like, I just ordered it five minutes. It yeah. should be here right, right now. now. I want it now. <laughs> people love speed and people love money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, how do you. How do you. What is the. What's the what's the push against that pull? Right, you're you're a workout guy. I don't know, man. What's the what's the opposite force? 
that stops those or slows down those two forces? I don't know what it is on a on a global scale or a national scale or even a regional scale. What about in your house? I don't know what that is. Right? What, or amongst your friends? I like mean, it's how do you personal do? discipline, one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that's a big one. That's a good one. Because those things cause other problems. Oh, my God. Right? If, if, you can, if you can order food the moment you think of it, yeah. <laughs> and it's there, yeah. you will get very fat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look what happened during the pandemic, right? All these people gained weight. The COVID twenty or whatever, yeah, it's it's a thing, you it's know, a real um, thing. Yeah, and it seems like every restaurant on the planet figured out how to deliver food, right? Like during the pandemic, which or, is pretty. But see, it was cool, it, but it's cool, but at the same time, they were like, trying to survive. Whoa, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's cool, but is it cool? We're not going out walking. We're not exercising. I'm just sitting at home eating and drinking, working and stressing out. I was telling you, that's but what that's what that causes. The that's what scares me about the metaverse, huh? That's what that causes, though. I think so. How do you get out of that? I mean, I don't know how you do it on a grand scale, but I know personally, it's it's a lot of discipline, a lot of noticing those things. You got to look at the, you know, you you do a good job of that. You look at the negative side of the positive things because most people yeah. in business, the, like you're saying, the faster, the easier, the cheaper. It's good for business. It's good for right? business, but what's good for business is not always good for people. And I mean, isn't that the ooh? I don't, all right, I'm going to say it, uh, <laughs> but I just realized this is being because the conversation got to a point where I forgot we were being recorded. <laughs> Good, and uh, that's the goal. <laughs> and I was going to say, you know, that's the downside. Of, that's the that's the ugly side of capitalism. Nobody wants to talk about Mm-mm. talk about, right? It's, no, the people it hurts. No, yeah. I mean, you think about your iPhone, dude. Your iPhone is awesome. It's awesome. It's a seventeen hundred dollar. If you, it's like seventeen hundred bucks. My iPhone X, but I don't pay that much because it's made by people in China that aren't making the same amount that I make to sit here and use it. And it has materials from places like Congo, where well, they don't maybe they don't even pay the people to get the materials out of the if ground. If they are paying them, it's not a living wage. It's enough to just not die, right? And not to mention, what is all that mining doing to the earth? Right. How we're throwing the earth out of balance. It's like. You know, <laughs> Gene, I there's, mean, there's I think a lot of wormholes here. I think about it all the time. There's a ton of wormholes here, man. But I, it's something I think about all the time because uh, it, it's like th- this time we're living in to me is like the it's like the uh, um, it's like we, we get to see the concentrated version of capitalism. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we've ever seen it this well, yeah, you concentrated can. before. I don't think so either. Where it's it's so concentrated that you can you can see everything happening in real time, mm-hmm. whereas before mm-hmm. it's like a hundred years later and they go, oh shit, we ruined the Mississippi River, you know? <laughs> yeah. Damn, we took out all the trees. And we, did everybody, you ever hear that everybody in this town is dying. Did you ever hear that story Mm-mm. that happened along the Mississippi River no. when we first started moving when when the settlers first started moving west? Uh, I think it was the Mississippi River, and uh, they took out they were lumber, right? Because they mm-hmm. had to make shovels and. Axes Houses and, and shit. shit, yeah. And they took down so many um, trees in this valley that it literally flooded an entire community. And they went, "Oh shit! <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> shit! Whoops! We didn't quite." But so, but that took years, as opposed to now. Right? Like you're watching right. what the gig economy is doing to taxis, and yeah. you know all this. Like you're overnight. watching it in real time, and it's mm-hmm. never been this concentrated before, man. Yep. So you know. That's the negative side of it. The positive yeah. side of it is that everyone can now participate in Everybody. this global ecosystem. It completely has changed the way we do business, mm-hmm. you know, particularly from people like me and you that are entrepreneurs. Um, and <clears throat> one of the things that I love about it as someone, as a person of color for marginalized communities around the world is giving them an opportunity to participate. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I travel to places like Senegal or, um, Ivory Coast or Ethiopia, you know, you really get a chance to see how the tech economy has created these mobile platforms that have put people that have been left out of these opportunities right in the middle of them now. And they're able to create these incredible um, ecosystems of technology and education and, and that at a rapid rate that is allowing them to participate in this process. That's beautiful. That's high society. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But. Well, it just yeah. comes at a cost. And lose so, a few trees know. over it, whatever. 
<laughs> we'll kill a few people, you know. Yeah, what you whatever. Collateral damage. Still Mississippi. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. Oh, so what? Mississippi hates you now. <laughs> or from Mississippi. <laughs> so what's the point of all that? How does it relate to media literacy, digital literacy? It's because that well, is very important to know what the hell you're doing. I am a radical when it comes to this idea that media literacy is the last line of defense. I think it's the first and last, man. I agree. It's the last line of defense. But the problem, I mean, it's, I'm not going to get into all the problems. I'm just going to say it's the last line of defense because education is the key. And this is what we talked about going back to that print and press day from earlier, right? You yeah, know, tell that story. Humanity has seen this problem before. Yeah. You know, when when the printing press became mass producible and people of any uh, class were able to print their own materials, <clears throat> it caused the same deluge of disinformation and misinformation. It cr- completely cr- changed the way um, humanity learned because during that time, um, during that time period, you know, you went to a college or university, the the professor had the books. Mm-hmm. You didn't have access to these books. Well, even before you that, church, you take the like the Bible, the, the yeah, Bible, they, right? They yeah. had the book. You just had to listen. Hopefully, you take some good notes. Yeah, the main <laughs> dude would be like, "I read this book, and right. here's what it says. Here's what it says, yeah. right? Okay." And then we all of a sudden, everybody had access to not only information, but they all had also had access to create their own information, and mm. it created this deluge of fake news and disinformation. Mm-hmm. And all this happened, and so what ended up happening is we had to change the way we educated humanity. Right. Instead of just learning how to read and to write, we had to learn context. Right. So what just wasn't just about counting from one to four, wasn't just learning how to spell run or use the words. It was about, well, what does this mean? What is he trying mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- which is how we got to the world of context clues, which I'm sure you learned stuff like that in middle school and high school. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> that system is missing from the world of screens, from the age of screens we're living in, is the context part. And it's mainly because we're still still using print media lang- print media language rules on a system that has no print. That's right. You can't take the rules of one language and put it on another language. Like I don't you know if you I don't know if you speak any other languages but Oh, I, here's how I'll put it to someone that doesn't speak languages. You and your friends have a, own, a language that you all speak. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. That has rules to yep. that language. Right. And when someone doesn't understand the rules of that language, they can't just jump into that conversation because one of you, got, you're either going to be offended. You can be like, hey, dude, you can't say that. Yeah. I can say that, but you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like, well, why? Because yeah. that's the rules we've created that's within right. our language, right? That's right. You can't take those rules on your friend's language and put them on the rules of my friend's language because we have our own language that has its own rules separate from you. Makes sense. It works the exact same way when it comes to what we call screen language or the language of screens or, or some people even call it film language, right? It works the exact same way. It has its own rules. So you can't apply the rules of print to the rules of the screen. Yeah. So what do you do? You got to learn the rules of the screen. And for many, 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 many years when it came to media, we all thought the rules of the screen was for people that wanted to get into film or people that wanted to do photography okay. or people that wanted to do computer work. Mm. Or, oh, that's for them. I don't need to know what a wide shot is or a close-up is. I don't mm. need to know what whether or not somebody's on the left side of the screen or the right. I don't need to know. I don't need to know that now. information. But you do now. Yeah. Because that's the only way to figure out context. Mm. Because what we're up against now is how do you decipher what content that you're consuming how do you contextualize it outside of just eating it right Mm. and that is where media literacy comes in and so that's why i say it's the last and you're right last and first line of defense because you have to train people how to do that just like they did um when when the printing press became a ubiquitous thing i see what you're saying now and and you're right speed plays such a huge part of that i mean how do you do that though how do you it's just like, you know, hey, think about it before you put that in Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I mean I it's got to be more easy. than that. I wish it was that easy, you know. Um, so it's two things that has to happen. And, and so this is this is uh, this is this is very exciting for me. Like it was so exciting. Like you have been excited and felt your arms like it. Mm-hmm. That's how excited I am right now, because this is something I love talking <laughs> about. 
So I think two things have to happen to humanity. I think one, we have to change the way that we we teach K through twelve when it comes to how we teach communication and language. You've already convinced me just by class. sitting here for thirty minutes, right? Um, <clears throat> from kindergarten, mm-hmm. I think humans of every language <clears throat> have to be trained in print context clues and language and media context clues and language. Okay. That's number one. A huge ask, right? The second ask yeah. is even huger. <laughs> Good luck. Because the problem, particularly when it comes to misinformation and disinformation with humanity right now, isn't coming from K-12 through folks, mainly. Oh, no, yeah. It's mainly coming from people that are over 35. It's coming from our leaders. People that are over 40, 35, 40 years old. So then the question becomes, how do you educate a population that's out of the education system? And I am an advocate of the education system getting away from a step-based, right? First grade, second grade, college degree, done, right? I am an advocate for changing that, from changing that system into a system that's perpetual, like riding a bike. Okay. Right? It's a perpetual learning system that maybe is six months at a time yeah. or three months at a time where you're constantly learning and you're constantly having to get that's hard. benchmarks. That is hard for me to wrap my brain around because yeah. I always, just the industry I work in requires me to learn every day. Exactly. But I am, that's my point. But I know for a fact that there are people that once they, they're done with college, they're like, done. I've learned what I need to learn. <laughs> Pay me and I'll just do but this gee, until I die. As a business owner, as a tech guy, as a leader – one of the things you understand about those three worlds is you're constantly learning. There's no way to continue being a leader. You a can't. Executive director, a, uh, in Whatever. my opinion, a, any type of leadership position without constantly learning. You've got because to. Because you have to stay abreast of what's going on and staying abreast of what's going on with people, humanity, technology, tools. And so we've created this step-based system that is too slow for technology. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think a perpetual system yeah. is a is is a system mm. that creates a constant um for lack of a better word defense against what we're dealing with from the speed of tech. Yeah. So we we're, we're we're always learning as it always adapts. I don't know if we'll be able to catch up, but at least but at least we'll be able to make some headway. You know, I think so. so. That's my, that's my, uh, that's what you, that's you used to fight the depression. That's what I used to fight the depression. And that's a constant fight that I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm always <laughs> talking to folks at the state house about passing bills and laws and, and create, trying to create programs right now that, that talk about these things. Like we gotta, we gotta, at a minimum level, I'm an advocate for how do we get adult schooling happening first? Like maybe we can't figure out the perpetual thing yet, mm-hmm. but we got to figure out an adult school system like ASAP. And you know what? The truth is we should have been figuring that out when the internet first came about. Because remember, remember that? Remember those years ago we had to retrain people how to use like email? Remember all that? I remember. I've, I've seen the video recently where somebody was nostalgic about it, but it was like, <laughs> see, I put my, my, the person's name here and <laughs> I say, how's it going? And they send it. Back then, we should have been like, wait. They made videos for that. They did, remember? Hi, this is Cheryl, and mm-hmm. today we're going to teach you how to use AOL 4.0. That's right. It's going to change how you use, <laughs> how you work in business. And yes. the guy's like, I'm not using that. I'm not shit. using that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> you have no choice now, bro. Holy shit. But it's true. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, true. to me, that's the bright side. I think we got to change the way we educate humanity. And it's a, it's a I, you know what? I think it's such a big ass because it's a it's a it's a it's a culture change, and that's hard, yeah. which which we can clearly see. Like we're living in this time where so many culture changes are happening at the same time. Whether you're talking about the Me Too movement or how people identify sexually or whatever, you know, all of these things are like cultural shifts, and people are like, no, you know, so. This shit, you know, like, yeah. what? You want me to go back to school for what? School. So I can learn how to use Facebook? Fuck you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I already use Facebook. Right. Yeah, well, you're part and of the I problem. I have a million problems, followers, and you're like, yes. Well, and, and, and here's, an, here's an example. I wanted to get your opinion on this. I almost texted you the other day, but mm-hmm. um, I know you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. You said sometimes, you listen to yes. sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
There was the the whole Spotify thing. Yo. Where like Neil Young pulled his music, Joni Mitchell pulled his music. I'm pulled so her music. glad you brought this up. Did you see his uh, response video that he made? I don't know shit about this. That's why I'm glad oh. you brought it up. Uh-oh. I'm hoping you can tell me. Because <laughs> I try to stay away from pop culture as much as, you, as, much as I can because of what I do. But... Right. Can, so can you tell me yeah. what the fuck is going on with the Joe Rogan situation? <laughs> yeah, so start at the beginning okay. and talk to me like I'm three. Oh no! <laughs> well, so Joe Rogan has a podcast. Yes, <laughs> um, he had. Uh, I don't know the details of the person's name and stuff, but uh, so the vaccine for COVID, it's the RNA or whatever the 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 process that they developed that vaccine for. It's sort of newish it's not brand new but it's a different process than the way they did the vaccine for like polio or sure measles or whatever mm-hmm. we all know that hopefully you know that he had <laughs> that guy on his show okay the guy who did that uh-oh I see what this and is they going. were talking uh-oh and they have you know joe's got opinions the doctor has opinions and the doctors you know they're they're talking and so there's a contingent of people on the internet <laughs> yeah. who were calling for him like they're saying it's misinformation like Ooh, you should have won Joe or whatever was on the show. Okay. They're saying like he sponsors misinformation. This is bad. Meanwhile, he had the, he had the frigging guy who created the entire process for how they got the vaccine. So it's like, yeah, if you're going to talk to anybody. It's probably the guy. Probably that, that guy. Yeah. And again, Joe Rogan's podcast for like three hours long. I mean, there's, yeah. I'm surprised he has as many listeners as he does. Yeah, I'm not seriously. convinced that they sometimes ever four to, hours. I'm not convinced they listen to the whole show anyway. So they were calling for that. And there's people calling for Spotify to pull the episode or whatever. Or to put because it of the disinformation. The disinformation part's debatable. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Right. It's, it's just an opinion. They're just talking like we're talking right now. Ah, oh, this is messy. And so Neil Young pulled his music from Spotify. So wait, so what's Spotify got to do with the Joe Rogan show? He's on Spotify. Okay, so. Cool. He's a, exclusively, his podcast is on Spotify. They paid him okay. like $100 million or something. Oh, so it's that. like, since you... He's a top-rated show, top-rated content on Spotify. So because so people are trying to blame, not blame, people are punishing Spotify for paying Joe Rogan. So in because protest they to Spotify. Because they believe he's spreading misinformation about COVID, right? So <sighs> Neil Young pulled his music. Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell too, right? pulled her music. A couple other people, whatever. And Spotify was like, okay, yeah, we're going to stay with Joe, though. you know. Yeah. And a lot of people were upset with that. That was the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so Joe Rogan came out. He made a video, and he uh-oh, and he said he was explaining sense. himself. And it, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. He okay. you know he was saying that was the guy having a conversation. He's like, look, it's a podcast. This isn't like a news program. Believe me, don't believe me. That's the whole point. He said, but think about this. The things he said, I don't even care about the reality of like your politics or like whether it's true or not. Whatever. He's saying, look, nine months ago, if you would have come out and said, don't wear a mask, they would fire you if you worked on a news channel. Joe Rogan said this. Yeah. Eight months ago, if you came out and said, the vaccine, we don't know one way or the other, they would fire you. Right? Now, that's literally on CNN is an article about, like, the validity of the vaccine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So he's just like, look. Maybe just listen before you make a decision, whatever. You know, he's like, I'll try my best. I'm having a conversation, whatever. But that was my point. We finally got there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My point was that. Context. Context matters. Important. And also, like, listen to the whole goddamn show. Context matters. Like, you know, like, you listen to, like, I, I'm convinced that most of those people didn't even listen to the show. They listened to someone's review of the show. Well, that and they sounds, made their decision. That sounds a lot like Dave Chappelle, don't it? It does, right? You know. Like, you watched the whole thing, I'm sure. Course. I'm a huge fan. Of course. I'm I was a having a conversation fan. with someone just this morning about that show. You know, this, and again, we're living in this space where context is, um, uh, it's a, you know, it's not important, right? And what's interesting to me is there is no relationship anybody has on any level where context isn't important. Not right. one. I don't right. even if it's even if you flip burgers at Wendy's, you know, uh, I shouldn't have said it that way. 
But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do is my point. Nope. Context is key. You mm-hmm. got to listen to everything someone says. And when you're in the world of speed where everything happens rapidly and fast, mm-hmm. there's no room for context. And I think that's certainly uh, what was the case in Dave Chappelle's situation is. It's no sort of the same was, thing. Yeah. So no one is listening to the context. It, it be damned. Context be damned. You said this thing and that's your ass. Well, you're like, I don't have time to watch the thing. Oh, no, you have time. To form the opinion over it. Right. So I'm going to listen to this person. Right. Tell me what opinion I should have. Yeah. And then I'll have that opinion. That goes right back to what I was saying earlier about when I'm looking at comments and and Instagram and Twitter. And it's the exact same shit. You read, you know, two sentences and you go, you motherfucker, you fucking crazy. And it's like, yo, context. Like what? do we talked about this before. Last time I was, uh, we talked. I'm talking about uh, and during the pandemic when I said people should treat social media as if it is social. Oh yeah, we yeah. right. Yeah. How would you act if this was a bar? You wouldn't. No. There's no way in the world you're hearing. You're walking yeah. past with your drink that you just got from the bar. You're walking <laughs> past a group of people you yeah. don't know. You no. overhear the conversation. Somebody says something crazy about Joe Montana. You go. You're not gonna asshole. turn over there and go. You fucking idiot. No. You would never do that. No. You would be like, even if you are mildly interested in the conversation, you'd be like, that's an interesting take yep. on Joe Montana. What, what made you say that? Yeah. You'd be hey, like, man, my name. Pardon is, me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. You know. You would. You would enter that conversation with some type yes. of. Uh, for lack of a better word, couth. You would, for right? sure. And that that part of the social part, yeah, we see the word social in social media, but we completely ignore the word social. Yeah. And it's not the designers have designed it in a way to make you ignore the word social. Oh yeah, because they're looking for speed too. <clears throat> and so they we call it they call it we call it social media, but. The social part is like nil to uh, none. It's just, all about quick yeah. interactions, mm-hmm. quick responses, mm-hmm. quick three second videos, four second clips, reels. You know, it's not about like context. The, the Dave Chappelle thing, we kept seeing like the same 25 seconds or whatever over and over and over. It's like mm-hmm. there was like a half an hour before that, and then the half hour <laughs> after that kind of explained the joke. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, how do you. He talked for a long time after that. <laughs> and, but. Which is why, you know, I'm an advocate for re-educating people in this space because the idea that you could form an opinion about anything based on a headline, tagline, oh, or a clip is just, you know, it, it's, it's uh, I believe that it's insane. That's how strong the psychology of headline yeah. writing actually is, though. It's marketing. Yeah. That's all it is. Gene, you but know this. That's it's marketing, bro. That's the thing. That's where the media literacy comes in, I think, because yes, yes. we're now using marketing to market these ideas and concepts. Yep. And there's always an agenda behind some of this shit. When when people hear the word branding, what they should be hearing is marketing. Yeah. Because that's all branding is, mm-hmm. is marketing. It's figuring out how to market a thing, mm-hmm. how to sell a thing, whether you're selling it for monetary value or you're selling it for influence or power. Or, which or is social movement. It's the same thing. Which is literally, so there are like six basic rules of media literacy. That's like rule number three. Okay. Was, is all media is either created for profit or power. Ooh. All of it. Either I'm trying to get you to buy something or I'm trying to influence you. Right. To believe something or act on something or to be moved by something, it's power or profit. Right. Like if humanity knew that, then you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these influences, people will be a little bit slow, slower mm-hmm. to attach themselves to anything because they go, wait a minute, what's he trying to do here? Is he trying to get me to buy something or is he trying to mm-hmm. influence me? To See, something? I started to feel like a conspiracy theorist because anytime I read <laughs> anything, I'm like, Who's saying it? What's their point? That's exactly. Instead of like, oh, cool point. That's the second. This literally. Just like the very first (laughs) rule of media literacy is all media messages are constructed. Okay, cool. All of them. So I hear be skeptical. Yes. (laughs) All media messages are constructed. And I'll add. I always add a little piece when I'm teaching this by someone. Ah, 
That's okay? key. That's key. There's, there's two very thing, important things I want to pull out there. Number one, all media messages are constructed, meaning somebody put it together. Right, just like we're in the studio right now. That I'm, I'm assuming that you had something to do mm-hmm. with these microphones being in here. That's right. That road mixer being in mm-hmm. here, the laptop being here. You know, us being able to record. You had something to do with putting this all together, and then correct. We, you're going to record this, and then go in and maybe even edit a bit. Yeah. Right or not? Probably not. But <laughs> right. But this 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 message was constructed by Gene Crawford. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing you got to think about, Gene Crawford. Innately has its own biases. Of course. Of course. I've been sharing them the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) So quite naturally, your biases and opinions are going to be built into the design of whatever it is you construct. That's right. Okay. Those are two very important things that people have to understand about everything they consume. Somebody is telling you something, and they have a reason for telling it to you. There's some something going on that they're trying to share with you. Mm. You have to be able to take a step back and go, what is this, and what are they trying to tell me? Because you should understand all media messages are constructed, and it's constructed by someone, and all people have biases and opinions, which means, what is this for? What is this about? Right. So I don't know if, uh, you know, I, uh, I like the word skeptical, but I don't know if skeptical is the right word because a lot of times, and I ran across this a lot during the pandemic. Gotcha. I don't trust anything. I'm right. A, I'm a skeptic. But, but I'm see, a that's, critical thinker. And I'm that's like, like that's the number not, one thing you hear now is like no right? one trusts the media. No one trusts news media at all, anywhere, oh whatsoever. God. It's just the worst. We can't trust it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, so that's. Bad. that's. <laughs> but, but it's so true. That's the narrative on both sides, left or trust, right. I don't trust the media. I don't. Oh, man. It's just. It's. it's Mm-hmm. Then how will you receive information? Because I can guarantee you, everybody that's saying they don't trust the media gets their information from media. Well, that's that's the thing. Like you think your friend telling you something in Facebook is more trustworthy than that's media. I mean, the doctor guy on TV, even if it's media. like he's got an agenda, like but you can see that podcast, media, yeah. radio, media. Yeah. It's all media. So. Book is still media. Mm-hmm. It's print media, but it's still media. Mm-hmm. So this idea is not about, and what I try to get people to understand, Gene, it's not about not trusting the media. It's about understanding what someone is trying to say. Because these are all communication devices. That's all they are. Someone is trying to tell you something. Right. And they're trying to get you to understand a, a point or point of view or something. I don't care whether it's OnlyFans or... Instagram. Someone's trying to get you, tell you something Mm -hmm. or communicate something to you. Mm -hmm. What we should be asking ourselves more is what is it that this person is trying to communicate to you? And do I want to participate in that line of communication or not? Again, no different than we would do. You know, (laughs) yo, I told you this before, too. I think people should treat the Internet like the the state fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think when people log onto the Internet. What they should be thinking in their mind is they just walked into the soccer line state fair. I think <laughs> feels people, like it. I think people think because it's my device in my hand or right. it's my laptop or my TV. I think they're thinking, um, oh, it's just me and the internet. No, no, right. no, 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 no. Right. No. You ever seen Ralph breaks the internet? Yes. It is the greatest yeah. representation of how the internet actually works. Right. The it's the greatest. Like that's literally what happens. <laughs> yeah. You are a little this little thing that goes into this world, <laughs> yep. right? So, but here's the thing: when you think about it that way, it changes the way you interact with anything. When you're thinking about it as if you're at the fair, you're probably going to avoid the people you don't know. Yeah. Even if someone's saying something that is mildly interesting, you you may go, "That's interesting," and keep walking. Yep. If somebody hands you some crazy flyer or something like that, you're yep. going to be like, "What? Jesus." It has two heads and it's coming tomorrow. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to throw that on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's how you operate if you were in this public space. With and all it's these very dirty. No, it's very dirty. <laughs> it's filthy. Yeah. You know, um, you're going to watch where you public? hang out. <laughs> people, man. I know, I know. Yeah, that's right. People, man. That's and a so, good analogy. Uh, you know, to me, I think if we treated the internet that way, every time we logged on, like, okay, I'm going to the state fair. Let me make sure I'm on my, you know, on my, I'm aware yeah. of what's going on around me. Yeah. You know, because there's no way you'd be walking around the fair going, fuck you. That's bullshit. You know, you know, you how far in the face you quick. <laughs> Very 
very quick. Where the cops will throw you out. Where the cops will throw you out. Like, yeah. There's no way you'll survive. Yeah, no. And you certainly wouldn't be, you know, um, trying to convince people that they're wrong or right. <laughs> Just you wouldn't be walking up to watch yeah. somebody's elephant saying, well, see, what I wanted to tell you was yeah. you eating this elephant ear yeah. right now is really messing yeah. up your system <laughs> and your, you know, this is going to get into you and you really need to yeah. be working out. You need to eat this kale. Yeah. They're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong get away with from you? Me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I paid hundred and twelve dollars to get in here. <laughs> <laughs> get away. Oh, the internet is a state fan. That's a I like that. One. That's a good one. So I'm gonna put that on a t shirt. You need that. <laughs> I need that. The internet is a state fan. The internet fair. is a state fair, bro. Well dude. Oh my god, dude. That's a good one. Um talk a little bit uh, to close this out, talk a little bit about uh what you got going on. I was enjoying the conversation so much I forgot about You believe it's been an hour? Has it been an hour? It's has been, it really been an hour? Yeah, I know you got somewhere to go. Oh man. <laughs> Damn, it has been. We'll do hour. it again. Um, what do I got going on right now? Uh well the thing I'm most excited about right now is uh the documentary I'm working on, uh Saltwater Vibes, uh, which is executive produced by Sarah Days and Simeon Days. So many people know the Days family from Gullah Gullah Island, the T V show that was on the Nickelodeon uh in the nineties and the mom and dad of that show, Ron and Natalie, their children are Sarah and Simeon. Sarah and Simeon were both on the show. Oh. But people remember Simeon more because he was the baby on the show. And so um, this documentary that we're working on is about Gullah Geechee Afrofuturism. And I'm so excited about this. That's cool. Because um, if you're, you know, I don't know how much you know about the Gullah Geechee, but I'm sure you've heard about Gullah or Geechee people. I grew up in the low country, my friend. There you go. Well, you already know. And um, these, uh, what what makes these, what makes those people so interesting is they are the only African Americans to retain African languages, cultures, mm. habits, traits, characteristics. I mean, the list goes on and on. And for most African-Americans, that dynamic is an anomaly. It's like, we, we you, you know, when you go to places like Jamaica or you go to Haiti or you go to uh, even Brazil, South America, you can see the Africa in the food. You can see it. In Got the, you. You can't gotcha. do that with African American culture, right? You don't, you know, you can go to a black community right now. You it won't remind you of Africa at all. You Makes know, sense <clears throat> as far as um, the food ways, the culture ways. But when you go to the low country, when you go to these Gullah Geechee communities, you see it in red beans and rice, That's and cool. you see it in their language. You hear it in their language, and you, you, you connect. So, because of that, um, the culture is so amazing and so cool. But what has happened over time is because of that, that coolness is attached to the past. Mm. Right, because of the transatlantic slave trade, and these people are descended from uh, the geniuses that were brought here for their technological prowess, so they could do rice plantations and right. um, uh, indigo plantations along the coast from North Carolina to Florida. So that because that past is so cool, the Gullah Geechee have been treated a lot similar to Native Americans, right? As far as the narrative of how you talk about those people. Mm. Right, it becomes very small. Where it's like, oh, Native Americans, feathers. Right, you, know, you uh, might not ever see Pocahontas. One. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, unless you go to the Midwest or right. Canada, well, yeah. they're everywhere. You know, but down here, you know, you never yeah. see one. Um, and so, it, it, the culture, you know, has kind of been treated with that touristy. Oh, come do that Gullah Geechee thing. Oh, that was cool. Go away now. You know what I mean? Like, it becomes like a a, um, a very small narrative, a very flat narrative. Makes and sense. Um, this film is all about. The future of those people. What are they doing now? How are they changing their culture, traditions? How are the culture and tradition being modernized? And new forms of music, new forms of art, new forms of food ways. Oh, that's like, cool. How, what's, what's, the, what's the future and the life and the progression and modernization of that culture? What's that? And what are young people doing to be on the forefront of that? You know, and, and there's also a hinge of, you know, what does the cool, progressive, hip, radical, black south look like because a lot of times even today it always trips me out when 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 i'm watching mainstream tv and somebody's from the south they're automatically backwards or slow yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? the clothes that they wear overall i'm like come on man it's 2021 just because he's from south Carolina, he's not walking around with overalls on yeah, me man. <laughs> i mean the minute you hear that accent it's like yeah man i'm from south carolina and i'm like yes i do know people that sound like that but come on <laughs> you know come on you know and so um so that's a part of it, too, is, uh, you know, saying that, um, you know, these communities that we've 
treated as mon- marginalized, which is what marginalized communities around the world are dealing with, mm-hmm. are, are actually doing things that are futuristic and that are modern and are changing their culture and advancing their culture and modernizing culture and on the front end of technology, not on the back end of it. And um, so, yeah, I'm re- that's that's really the main thing I'm excited cool. about that, you know. You know, besides, you know, I love all the work we're doing <clears throat> right now, but that right there is really exciting to me. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool project, man. Yeah, it is. What's man. the timeline on that? Where are you at? Well, we were hoping to uh, have a release in spring or summer of 2023, but, you know, it looks like this pandemic is, is it's that's really what's been slowing us yep. down. You know, it's hard for us to film. This film is very um, personal. Um, so we spent a lot of time. <clears throat> going to meet people and having watching Sarah Simeon having conversations with these people. So the camera has to be in that space, which means you get crew in that space and Sarah Simeon in the space. It takes so a, a lot of people are just like, I don't know if I want to, you know, I do know. that with masculine. Yeah. Can I wear my mask? I'm like, no, no. it's not really going to work. Yeah. And so, you know, we ultimately, you know, we want people to be comfortable. And so that's considerably s- slowed down production. So we shoot when we can, you right. know, I think we're filming a little bit in February, you know. That's cool. Uh, we got some filming we're going to do in April. So it's really spotty, you yep. know. And, you know, so hopefully 2023, if awesome. not 2024, you know. Um, yeah, don't give up, man. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible idea, so. Um, it is. Don't you love that, man? Don't you love working on projects I that do. excite you, man? I do. Don't you love that shit? Ah, oh, man. It's like, uh, it makes my blood run warm. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love when I have an opportunity to work on something that excites me. That makes me look forward to getting up in the morning. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I love it. All right, man. Thanks for your time. That was yeah, great. Man. I'm looking forward uh, to doing it. We're going to get man. you back because this is not going to stop. Yeah. There's going to be more dumb Joe Rogan <laughs> stuff, more oh, Dave man. Chappelle jokes. I can't imagine what's going to be next. <laughs> Oh man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Eugene. Man, you, you're just incredibly level-headed, incredibly Thanks. smart. You're also an incredibly nice guy. Appreciate and, it. Um, and and uh, empathetic and compassionate, man. Yeah, you just don't know me that oh, well yet. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I can tell. Man. Appreciate it. Nah, I appreciate that, bro. Awesome. Till next time. Catch you later. <laughs>